pitch, the Craggy Rugby podcast. It's the preview of the first round of the Champions Cup. My name's Alan Deegan, and on the line tonight, I've got Danny Deegan. How's it going? And Niall Shield. How are you, Alan? How are Danny? Okay, before we get talking to the lads, let's, let's hear um, William and Dave talking to Sammy Arnold and Andy Friend at today's press conference. It's been a disjointed sort of season, but Champions Cup rugby playing the side that have been in two of the last three finals in Paris. So how are the how are the squad getting ready for this one? Yeah, it's a, it's a massive challenge, but it's obviously massively exciting as well. Um, it's a competition that we we feel we, we should be in, and um, it's a game that we're really excited for. Like you said, a massive challenge, but um, it's an opportunity to go over there and play in an incredible stadium um, and play in an exciting brand of rugby. Do you have to sort of park? I mean, the stadium is looks like someone's been dropped in from space, and it's indoors, um, which we could possibly do with on occasions at the sports ground. Um, but it, it really is about the match. So, you, do you have to compartmentalise your preparations for the game uh, separate to the actual excitement and the trip of Champions Cup rugby? Uh, yeah, you do definitely. But I think um, at the same time, because it's such a unique. Um, it's indoors on 4G, such a fast kind of surface. Um, it, you have to play kind of an attacking brand over there. You can't go over there and, and not play. You, you're going to have to score tries to win to win in Rassen. And uh, the surface and obviously the dryness, there's no wind, there's no rain. That is a massive factor to play in that. Yes, that's what indicate the ball's in play somewhere between four and six minutes longer in a game. And I suppose that does make a difference just in terms of uh, your fitness and how you you look after your uh, your bodies as the game goes on. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's definitely going to be a quick, quick tempoed game. They like to play a quick, quick brand of rugby. Um, obviously, have some exciting players. Um, but, you know, we like to play that brand of rugby as well, and we've showed we can we can score some great tries when when we're at our best. And uh, I think it's it's set to be an exciting game. Hopefully, definitely. Um. Is there a danger when you go into a game like this that you almost look on it as a shot to nothing? Because Connacht aren't expected to win there. Nobody's ever actually beaten them in this stadium in, in a European uh, pool game. So you, you've got to keep that in mind. You've, you've got to make sure that you play play to your strengths and play to your game plan. Yeah, definitely. They're a, they're a top quality side. They've been in and around the, the top of the Champions Cup and close to winning a few times. Um, we're in a competition now we believe we should be in and um, for us, we're just taking it one one game at a time. Um, like I said, it's such an exciting fixture and, and these are the games you, you want to be a part of, these these big European games, the exciting games and um, it's one we're really looking forward to. And if selected, as I always say to the player because they don't know, yeah. um, what, do you, what, what are you looking to bring to this game? What do you feel you have to do to, to get Connacht over the line here? Uh, first and foremost, for me, just just do do my role. You know, we we'd be going over there with a, a specific plan, and it's up to all of us as individuals to to um, complete our role in that plan. And um, we'll take it play by play, and we'll see where we end up by the end of it. That's all we can control is the the facet of play we're in. Um, and like I said, we're, we're going over there to try and play exciting rugby, and we'll see see where we are after eighty minutes. It's an unusual situation in, in terms of, of the conditions on Sunday. It's an in 
indoor pitch and it's 4G. You've played a number of times on 4G. Uh, I'm just wondering when, there's many things we can say about the training pitch in Galway, but it is, it is natural grass and today would have been hard. How do you prepare for a 4G pitch? What, what challenges are presented um, by, by moving from a grass surface to a 4G surface? And is there any way you guys are able to prepare for the challenges of an indoor stadium? Because as far as I'm aware, they're probably, if not the only ones, there's certainly nobody in the Pro 14 that plays indoors. Yeah, um, I think with the indoor 4G, is obviously a bone-dry pitch, so you don't have things like wind, rain, sometimes games on TV... It looks like it's dry, but it's actually greasy. Obviously, there's there's going to be none of that that weekend. So, in terms of kind of things affecting skill levels and stuff like that, there isn't an awful lot. So, that means that the the tempo of play is a lot faster. It's harder to kind of stop collisions. If you get a good go forward ball, it's very fast to play off it. Um, you have to be very accurate around what you do at your breakdown with not wasting numbers in the breakdown and um, just trying to slow ball when you can. But it definitely favours uh, the attacking team if you can get if you can get quick ball momentum and um, play on top of teams. By Cork, Fred Connacht are 135 years old today. Wow. Uh, they were formed on this day in 1885. Um, I'm tempted to think that in all the years of Connacht playing rugby, Proud Province, this challenge that you and the team are taking on next Sunday in Paris is one of the toughest, if not the toughest. Uh, yeah, you, you know a bit more about the history than I do, William, but certainly one of the most exciting that I've been involved in um, in the two and a bit years here. You know, to take on Racing at their home stadium as, as our opener for, for Champions Cup is a uh, it, you know, it was a pretty exciting prospect. So we're looking forward to it. And um, there's a real buzz and real energy around the group at the moment uh, in anticipation for that. A lot of differences here. Um, indoor stadium, 4G pitch. They've been finalists two of the last three years. So how do you take that on board? And then how do you, how do you prepare for this? What, what are you looking to do over there on Sunday as a team? Yeah, well, one of the things we talked about in our preview of them yesterday, um, and it was actually Pete Wilkins, uh, our defence coach, who said, listen, if you, if you sit back and you look at all the, the names on the team sheet and you let them play, they're going to be good. You know they're going to be good. But if you just say there's a, it's another 15 bodies out there and we actually attack it and we, we don't give them the time and the space, um, we're a chance of upsetting them. And, and then our, our other big message is, you know, we don't ask the, you know, we, I wouldn't ask the question, do you think we're a better squad? Do you think we've got better facilities? Do you think um, we play a better brand of rugby? Uh, because, it, you know, we, it's, it's awkward for us with the conditions. We don't ask those questions. We say, do you think we can beat Racing? Yeah, I think we can. Sweet. Well, let's focus on doing that. So it's just the question we ask and then just make sure we go into the, into the weekend um, and actually the whole week. With that in mind, we do believe we can beat them. So let's go over there and give it a shot. Anything you can do, uh, replicating the conditions at the sports ground is almost impossible. But do you ha- what do you have to take on board, particularly indoors, and statistics indicating that the ball is in play somewhere between four and six minutes longer per game, which doesn't sound much, but that's a lot when your lungs are burning in the 74th minute. Yeah, that's a hell of a lot, actually. Um, yeah, and, and, and that's actually quite significant. So 
there's not a lot we can do. We we uh, we ordered today. We just come off the train in Kilbeso in Galway. For those that aren't here, it's a sunny day and not a lot of windy. So we ordered that one. We'll try and get another day like that for Thursday and and uh, uh, see whether we can replicate those indoor facilities or the indoor conditions that we're going to get. But yeah, listen, we, it's about us back in our game. We've got you know, some international players back this week. We've got a, a group who coming off the back of two good wins for us. Um, so there's a good energy around the group and, and there's, there's the excitement of taking on Racing on Sunday. Yeah, with, with regard uh, to the Irish situation, though, it's, it's always a bit complex at this time of the year, but this year in particular. So how, how, how do players come back and who controls them and who is back for you? Well, we've got all the boys back. So um, when I say all of them, Finlay's back, Dave Heffernan, Quinn Roo, uh, Kieran Marmion, Bundy Arkey, and we've had Alton Delan with us as well. So so all those six fellows are back and available for selection for us. Um, we've got a, a reasonably touchable but reasonably healthy squad anyway. Um, we've actually got a, an A game, an Eagles game against Leinster this weekend as well. So... Um, we've actually got 46 players who are going to tog out this weekend. Now, this time last year, we didn't have 26 players to train. So we've just come off the field there where we had uh, about 45 players out there on the on the training paddock at any one time and, and or at the same time, sorry. And then we've got a group of academy players waiting in the wing. So the squad's in a healthy position. Um, there is excitement because it feels like everyone's going to get a game this, this weekend uh, and, and we should be able to field two very strong sides. And if you were picking one thing that you have to get right, allowing for who you're playing or where you're playing it, what's what's the key to getting competitive in this game? We're going to nail our opportunities. So when we get them, and we'll get them, we've got to make sure we're clinical with those. Uh, we might not get too many, but uh, if we get them early and we nail them early, uh, that's going to put us in a, in a strong position. So if you, if you don't um, and they nail theirs and... That, that gap starts to increase. So that'll be the first thing, William. I'll, I'll give you two because the second one is we've got to get in their face. So we've just got to get off the line and um, don't worry about who's, who's wearing the jersey. Just get off the line and, and uh, get your body in front of those jerseys and, and shut down their time and space. Andy, it's going to require 80 minutes, which means that all 23 players are going to have to be at their maximum uh, for the entirety of the game. How... What pressures does that put on you to time your substitutions correctly so that there's a, there's a, a level consistency of performance, uh, both mentally and physically, so that you're not leaving players out there who have just gone beyond what they can give and that you're, the guys coming on are ready to go from, from even minute minus one, never mind minute zero? Yeah, I think these big games, you know, there's an added, uh, an added pressure there to make sure you get your timings right. Um, and we have four sets of eyes up in the box uh, with myself, Jimmy, Nigel, Peter, um, all watching the game. We've got a couple of sets of eyes down on the on the on the training field, on the playing field. Sorry, radioed up, and, and we're constantly talking. Um, normally after half time, normally there's there's not much that you need to do up to half time unless you get an injury. But certainly at half time, just checking people in the sheds, and then as you come out, um, you really start eagle eyeing everybody and making sure that. You know, if you start to see a drop off, you, you pick it pretty quickly and you, you get a, an able sub on. Uh, we call them our bouncers that, that come on. So we'll have eight bouncers on the weekend who um, will definitely give us energy. I know that. Um, and it's, yeah, hopefully we get the time and right there, mate. Okay, Niall, 
your thoughts. That was a good win at the weekend. Before we talk about the Europe and everything, what give, give me your thoughts on um, what was a, a comprehensive win over Benetton last weekend? Oh, great, great, nice and clinical. Um, you know, poor enough opposition. I mean, it, I know the Italian clubs are really are really struggling now. I saw that Zebra had to pull in five lads from the Italian Championship sides um, to play Munster um, at the the week before. So. Um, but still, you can only play what's in front of you. And I think uh, Connacht did very well. Played, you can see what they're trying to do. Played some nice rugby. And it was good to see some some newer guys getting some, uh, well, maybe not newer guys, but some guys getting some game time as well. So, um, yeah, I think they can be nothing but happy enough with that. Absolutely. And Danny, do you have any, we, we, we know that um, Paul Boyle was the, the hero of the game with his, his hat-trick. Any, any more interesting stats? Yeah, like Paul Boyle was definitely the standout. Um, interesting one that I, I picked up on was um, in the build-up to uh, Paul Boyle's first try, Connacht actually had a scrum dominance, but so much so that we'd won three penalties just before the Paul Boyle's first try. And if you actually go back and watch it again, you can see that the six stays bound. So Paul Boyle, because he was so quick at picking from the base and going, he only had to run through the ten because the six was still on the scrum. And the same thing happened for his second try. Just left the blind side wide open. So we're talking about an assist from from the the front row there. Um, another player who had a, who had a good game was um, Conor Fitzgerald. But yet again, he he cost me some money because I had money on John Porch to score, and Fitzgerald wouldn't pass him after he made that fantastic break. And there was nothing in front of Porch. If he just given him the ball, he would have scored. I could have got me when that's two games in a row now. John Porch has not got a try because guys wouldn't give him the ball. Like, come on, lads. This weekend, this weekend, Alan, he's gonna he's gonna get he's gonna score first this weekend. Fortunately, yeah, no, definitely because he was he was up up to the lads not giving him a try. He's been scoring at a rate of about three one every three games, and the lads won't let him score now. It's seven games, I think he's scored. It's been there. So, as you mentioned, Europe, because this week is all about Europe. Pro fourteen is put to bed for a couple of weeks, and now we've got Europe on this really simple. European setup that they've got. <laughs> There's only two groups, so it must be an easy one. Yeah, it, it actually, myself and Danny have been talking about this. It, it actually kind of is, it's like a recipe. It sounds more complicated than it is. <laughs> so, on, all, all, um, I know, all I know is that we have to play Bristol and we have to play Racing, but we're in a group with other teams. Correct. Nothing could be simpler. <laughs> <laughs> so, so well, I think you you summed it up perfectly, Paki. You the, the the teams with the most points get out out of the groups. Am I right? Simple as that. That's it. Really and truly, that's it. So who else is in our group that we're not actually playing? So the other teams Alan, are Exeter, Leon, Ulster, uh, Munster, Claremont, Harlequins, Glasgow, Gloucester, and Toulouse. But I, and I think from. All of that, I think we have the tastiest draw of the whole lot. It's just a shame we can't travel because uh, there are um, the, two excellent, excellent places to go visit. Oh my god! Yeah, it, it's really you COVID. Uh, yeah, like you're sort of looking at wow. You couldn't have asked for better places. We've never played in Paris. We've played Racing before, but they were here. We've never played in Paris. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't want to, you know, um, have a beer watching a match and then go play a game of crazy golf at halftime? Yeah, it's 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 pure entertainment in La Défense Arena. Um, and hopefully, with a bit of luck, we'll 
get into the Champions Cup next season and we'll draw them again because that team tends to happen, doesn't it? We, we get to draw someone and we draw them three times in a row. I think this is only the fourth French team we'll have ever played in the Champions Cup. Toulouse, Biarritz and Montpellier are the, the three teams. That this will be the fourth. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk on, you know, we've, we've talked about the format. We know that if we finish with all our wins, we get into the quarterfinals and we're home and away. If we finish, I think, from... Actually, we won't talk about possibility of getting into the Challenge Cup because we're only going to focus on what we can do now and, and winning our group. Because Andy said it today, there's no point in going for this unless you're going to you're going to try and win it. So let's not worry about that until the if and when that time comes. Connacht are 135 years old today. I have my favourite memories of Connacht, and uh, you know, I suppose my my best one is is actually doing the lap of honour after we won the final managing to get onto the field by pretending I had the right pass, walking along the corridor, showing with my microphone, pretending I knew exactly where I was going and who I was going to talk to. So nobody stopped me and I got to do a lap of honour um, with the players and it was, it was fantastic. What about you, Niall? What's, what, what's, what's you know, the one thing that you would say, wow? Well, that obviously is the zenith for everybody, I think. Just, just some, some funny ones over the years, some kind of funny games here and there. Um, I remember, remember we were in Dax about 15 years ago. I'd say now at this stage, yeah. um, on a great trip and traveling with <laughs> with the team, like with the players. Now not, uh, you know, the team coaches or anything like that, but uh, very different days. And uh, yeah, I remember, remember, actually, remember that we were we went to the stadium the day before. They were doing their their team run, and we we're checking out where we we're going to sit in the stadium. And as we walked back around, because it was a, a municipal stadium, so we could get in. And as we're walking along the, the track, a ball sort of bounces by and we look and go, what was that? And it's the players kicking the ball. And we end up kicking the ball back to the players as they practice kicking the ball over the bar. <laughs> it was like, I'm, I'm, surprised, I'm surprised they didn't ask us to, to you know, put us on the bench the following day. <laughs> well, you did give John Muldoon a bit of stick about, about you know, how far he was missing. And of course, he, he roared back at you. If I had a hurl, Packy, if I had a hurl, we would have been fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just uh, over it all. There's some great people that have played through the province, and there's great, um, mm. you know, they're still knocking around. And uh, it, you know, it, it's part of us all now at this stage. I mean, it kind of it kind of grew fairly organically with Connacht as opposed to uh, being a real manufactured mm. thing. I really, uh, no, I feel that yeah. for it, like, yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, yeah, Edinburgh has to be the top. It certainly does. And Danny, Guam. Your your big uh, memory. Well, uh, again, it, it can't be anything but the, the championship. But sadly, I didn't get to go because you got to go, and I had to do rugby tots. So I drew the short straw. So yeah, thanks for that, Dad. Um, no, uh, like obviously that being the top, my one of my other favourite memories would have been um, last game of the season of the twenty seventeen eighteen season, the Mulls last game. So we're playing against Leinster. We never really, like, no one gave us any kind of hope. I'd been playing rugby in Dublin, and I'd always get stick for, you know, wearing the Connacht jersey. It's like, oh, did you win at the weekend kind of a thing. So I had about five or six of my Dublin mates down, and there was nothing better than watching the hope just drain from their faces. It's like, first try goes in. It's like, oh, yeah, we'll give, we'll give you that one. Second try goes in. It's like, all right, okay. Third one goes in, it just it just keeps getting worse. And they're like, oh, we're getting hammered. There was nothing better that 
just having a big smile on my face and they're just all depressed. <laughs> it was great. So it was a great way to send off Mo, but it was also one of the great days to be able to have a go with my mates. I gotta say, Danny, I think you've um, you're intrinsically linked with the history of Connacht as well. I mean, way back, way back in two thousand one, was it? Unfortunately, I can I jump in on this one. I'll jump in before he gets in there. He he was sick that day. <laughs> so this was this was the the march the march to Lansdowne Road, and Danny was meant to be one of the the three kids who handed the letter into the into the IRFU and unfortunately he couldn't make it so his sister made it Cassie um, Michael Fallon who's um, John Fallon's nephew so anyone who knows John who writes for the various papers on, on Connacht Rugby was there and a young lad called Mark Rappel um, who was involved in the minis was there and poor Danny didn't make it sure he didn't son no I didn't you put a letter off of that he's down in every book as being the fellow that handed up actually yes, I, I, must, think, I, must I don't talk think he's to, mention um, anybody else the only mention, Danny. You could have given him that. <laughs> well, you know, it's a chance to know me. Stats. I like my stats to be right. Exactly so. Not at all. That's just, that's just an old fellow not giving his young, his, his, his son, his son a chance. Yeah, that's exactly it. And <laughs> Awful. He, he loves Awful. to remind me of it because uh, I, I had a vomiting bug for about three days. <laughs> so there was no way I could travel. Oh, God. Lovely. Okay, I'll tell you what. It's a good time to take a quick break. So, to the game. Connacht are playing in a stadium that's as far removed as the sports ground as you could possibly get. Um, I'm playing against a team who are pretty successful in this tournament, even if they haven't quite got to the Holy Grail, Danny. What what are we looking at? Well, we're looking at um, beaten finalists uh, twice in the last three years, and they were quarter-finalists in the in-between year, um, losing out to lose by one point. Uh, they also averaged 22 points uh, per victory at home. So they, they average a 22-point victory at, when they play at home in the Champions Cup. Um, but one thing that's going in Connacht's favour is, so we've played in the, the Champions Cup five times. We've won three of the, the five games uh, in the first the first game in the Champions Cup for us. And, and so, Packy, we're expecting them to do pretty well and get, you know, get through this group. It's only the, as Danny said, the finalists from last year and it's only the champ or the challenge cup winners in as our other opponents so easy peasy you'd have to say so we can finish up the pod now and have a cup of tea um i've just no i just i was i'm going through the the wrestling uh, squad there uh, like it's littered absolutely littered with um you know the next big things in france like um uh, Donovan Tosafenua and that winger. I was watching them just lately, um, trying to catch some of the games. Uh, serious talent, and then I just kept scrolling down, and I said, "So he'd probably be in the rack three, and maybe Zebo and Beal, and then I forgot Teddy Thomas and Wani uh, Moss. Forgot, <laughs> um, you know. But uh, like uh, for me, I know when we were talking before this, I was saying I, I feel." I know it's an obviously a real um, opportunity for, let's put I think we know it's going to be Sam Arnold in the centre. Mm. Um, I fully expect it will be anyway. Yeah. Um, to come up against the two, I think two of the finest centres playing the game now are Vakatawa and Radradra, who mm. like we're, we're not going to be lucky enough to see in the flesh now, it looks like at this stage. What a squad. I mean, what a squad. You just 
you'd love to love to see them. And it's one of the things I love about European about European games is we get to see these guys in the flesh. Yeah, you know, in the sports ground. Yeah. So what Andy said in the in the uh, press conference today really ringing true if you sit there and keep looking at the names you're just going to keep going oh my god oh my god oh my god but if you just realise there's going to be only 15 of them on the field and they're just guys with two legs and two arms go and play that's really Connacht's only real chances to sort of go let's give this a bash it's going to be in perfect conditions for us and we like perfect conditions exactly I think it could be a cracker of a game actually uh, I'm and, so a ref- being, and, and a good uh, referee in Wayne Barnes, like he'll, he's, you know, I, I do enjoy a referee who can speak the language of both teams. So he'll, he'll be there in French, talking to them in French. So, and he likes the game to move along as well. That yeah, and that is one thing, and that could be a big help because uh, one thing about their pack is they're littered with jackal threats everywhere. Mm. Benarus, Gomez, uh, Camille Shah, all those guys are great on the deck. So. Um, but I, like I said, funny, I think it'd be an awful lot of ball in hand, but um, I think Jack can do some, um, I think Jack Archie can do some serious damage there um, if he's kicking as well. One thing I'd imagine, I don't know, like we, we I've never been at an indoor flipping rugby pitch ever, yeah. but um, I, I imagine the ball will sit up quite well on the on the plastic surface. I think it, I can't imagine that it will um Roll and roll and roll and skid mm. into touch like you would see. Mm. So I think I think actually that could suit Jack's kicking because when he comes back again, when he comes back against the grain, yeah, he's brilliant. He yeah. pinpoints that ball back down into the corner, and when he can do it in in you know in college rows, he can do it anywhere. Well, I can actually give you a little bit of uh, info on how the ball bounces because uh, playing playing in Dublin, um, you, you'd end up playing in Energy Park, uh, so they've they've got a four G pitch. Now, most of the time when we played it, it was lashing rain. <laughs> so you, you, the ball would turn into a bar of soap. But even still, when, when the ball hit the ground, there was just this deadness to it. It never really seemed to skid along or anything like that. It would, it would just bounce and then to bounce quite high. So, yeah, it, it could be very interesting for Jack. All right. So what are we expecting? Expecting, um, expecting a win for Connacht or are we going to be realistic in the fact that, you know, Rasting average uh, 39 points per game and only concedes, what is it, 23, 24, whatever it is. We're looking at maybe just if we get out of there with a losing try bonus, we'd be okay. That'd be a serious result. And I know I, nobody wants to be defeated for anything like that. But when you think of the quality of teams that have gone playing there, half and one, basically, um, that would be a, a serious one. I, I'd love to see the guys stretch the you know, really have a right royal cut of them because um, let's not forget, like, there's a lot of common players that, not so much that have a point to prove, but they must be disgusted at the way they were treated in Irish camp, in my opinion anyway, over the past number of weeks. So, mm. you know, those guys are going to be chomping at the bit for rugby. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I'd, uh, I I think it's going to be very interesting, actually. So I hope I'm right. Um, but, uh yeah. yeah, I think it'll be interesting. I think we'll um, kind of give them they have a right cut of it, sure. Why else would you do it? What else would you do? Exactly, it's yeah. the Connacht way. What about yourself, Dan? Yeah, I'd have to agree. Um, I think, I, I, I guess you just want to see them play, but don't forget that like Connacht are really good at uh, producing upsets. Mm-hmm. When, when our backs turn against the wall, we play our best rugby. You look at the Montpellier game, Last year, that first game, everybody expected us to be losing because we didn't. Well, we only had two fit second rows, if mm. I was correct. 
we were completely decimated and we ended up winning that game. You know, uh, Toulouse coming here, uh, it was the 2016-2017 season, first game. No one expected us to win. We ended up winning that. So I, I, I don't see why not. Yes, the, it's it's definitely, it's hugely against us. But if uh, kind of go out and just play play their own game, forget about the opposition, just try and play their own game. could be anyone's game. Absolutely. Plus, there'd be no, there'd be no fans. No, so yeah. I'm not sure how. I'm not sure how. Um, what their their attendances are like, but uh, I'd imagine in a stadium like that, that's a you know a giant cavern, that it's um you're gonna you're gonna hear everything there. So uh, much like what you guys were saying about the last the last day of the game against um, Benetton, you know, if um, mm-hmm. if the boys in the bench and the boys you know the backroom team are yeah you know giving it socks as well like. It, you know, it's surely going to show. Um, it's surely going to be a help. Uh, yeah, this one's going to be fun. It's going to be real fun. I'm looking, really looking forward to it. Really looking forward to it. So am I. So am I. And, and as as has become normal now for the Craggy Ruby podcast, we will we will have the thoughts of the coach. And actually, it looks like it's going to be Andy Friend this week after the team has been selected. So we'll we'll find out who after we find out who selected, we'll be finding out why they've been selected. So we'll have that. Um, Probably on Friday, um, which is good because I think the selection goes out on a Friday because it's the European Games. Um, they haven't moved to the Saturday thing like the way they have in the Pro 14. So listen out for that in on the pod. Yeah, so remember, you can listen to us on any good podcast player will have us. You can ask Alexa, you can ask Siri just to, to play the Craggy Rugby podcast. So I'd just like to, to thank the guys. So here's William with the results, the couple of results from last weekend and the fixtures for this weekend. Two makeup games in the Pro 14 last weekend on Friday, December the 4th, Connacht 31, Benetton 14. And on Saturday, December the 5th, it finished Glasgow Warriors 22, Dragons 23. So the first section of Pro 14 games is complete. Some teams have played eight games. Some teams have played less. Let's have a look at Conference A first. Ulster on top. Played eight, won eight, six bonus points, 38. Leinster are second. Seven played, seven wins, seven bonus points, 35 points. The Ospreys are in third. Played seven, won three, lost four, one bonus point, 13 points. That's a huge gap. In fourth place, the Dragons, who've played six games. They have three wins, three losses, one bonus point, 13 points. Glasgow Warriors have also played eight games. Won two, lost six, two bonus points, 10 points. And at the bottom are Zebre, who've also played eight games. Won one, lost seven, one bonus point, five points. Conference B. Monster on top, unbeaten, played seven, won seven, four bonus points, 32. Connacht are in second place. They've played six games. They've won four, they've lost two, they have four bonus points, 20 points. The Scarlets played seven, won three, lost four, four bonus points. They're third with 16 points. The Cardiff Blues, they've played eight games. They're the only team in Conference B to have a full eight played. They've won three. They've lost five. They've two bonus points, 14 points. Edinburgh played seven, won two, 
lost five, two bonus points, ten points. And on the bottom are Benetton, the only team who haven't won a game in the Pro 14 this season. They've played seven, they've lost seven, they've three bonus points, they've three points. European action now dominates for the next two weekends. And it gets underway on Friday the 11th of December, Pool 2 at 8pm, Ulster versus Toulouse. On Saturday, December the 12th, Pool 1, Montpellier versus Leinster. That's a 5.30pm kickoff. And in Pool 2 on Saturday, Bristol will take on ASM Clermont Averne. And that game kicks off at 1pm. And on Sunday, December the 13th in Pool 2, Racing 92 versus Connacht, 3.15pm kickoff, And the last game of the first weekend, Munster versus Harlequins with a 5.30pm kickoff. Loose, cut it loose. Break out or nothing changes. Sad and confused. Don't wait until 